Episode 5. Greetings, GNN fans. We're going to be continuing with another exciting episode where Fred Markert will be sharing with us some more exciting stories about what's going on around the world. This time we're going to be looking at the country of Azerbaijan. And Azerbaijan is uh, basically between Iran and Turkey. And uh, God is doing some amazing things there in Azerbaijan amongst the Azeri people. And so let's listen to Fred as he shares with us the exciting things that God is up to. Let's talk about Azerbaijan that we prayed for this morning. Let me tell you how everything got started there, okay? Muslim country used to be part of the Soviet Union, uh, and once the Soviet Union collapsed, it became free. And literally two months after the collapse of communism, I turned to my staff and I said, hey, you guys, one of the most strategic countries on earth has massive oil wealth, Central Asia. Iran wants the oil wealth to spread Islam. Russia wants the oil wealth. Both of them were funding Armenia to be at war with Azerbaijan. And Armenia is now in possession of 25% of the country that they conquered because Iran and Russia were plotting on how to gain the oil wealth. It was a mess. You know, and I said, we've got to go plant the church. Who will go? And a couple on my staff, a married couple with two little babies, said, we will go. And the, literally, we were the first foreigners to move into the country after the collapse of communism. We even beat the U.S. State Department in. And we went in there. Can we turn off the tape for a second? Can we turn off the tape? Because I want to say something. I either can't go on the tape. You can't. There, we have Muslims that come, about 3,000 Muslims that come every year for training. And you know what we do? We use the classroom to develop relationships with them. They come over to our houses at night to practice their English, and then we're free to do other things. Well, let me just tell you some stories. Our very first convert was a university professor, and we train, the, we train normal people on the streets and also influencers, like we've trained the vice president, we've trained uh, all the top university professors, we trained all the pilots of their national airlines who were so happy, they said, oh, we'll give you free flights anywhere you want to go on Azerbaijani air. And our workers said, seed your planes, we don't, we're not going to do this, okay? <laughs> but uh, our first convert was a university professor, a woman. And our, she had become very good friends with our workers. And so one of our workers felt, it's time I can share about Isa al-Masih. And he began to share about Jesus and she got really mad. She was just mad. She said, I thought you were here as teachers, but now I know you're missionaries. And she started to curse at our YWAMers, you know, as she left the classroom that night. She was cursing. She came back to class the next day totally saved. And we said, what happened to you? She said, I walked home last night. I was cursing you the whole way, and I was praying, Allah, I want you to kill those people because they're not teachers, they're missionaries. Kill them. They should not be in this Muslim country. And she said, I went to bed at night and the last thing I did is I prayed, Allah, kill those people. 
You know, they're, they're not teachers. Kill them, you know. And of course, they are teachers. We do our teaching with excellence. We're professional about it. And so we're doing a really good work, you know. And we also do extra th- stuff. <laughs> and so she said, kill them. And she told me, I interviewed her. I got to hear her story face to face. She said, I started to go to sleep. And she said, suddenly my entire bedroom filled with light. And I looked, and there standing at the foot of my bed was Isa. And she said, I knew he had come to kill me. She said, I knew he'd come to kill me because I was asking Allah to kill his workers. She said, I was terrified. She said, I got out of bed and I crawled over to the feet of Isa, shaking, just waiting for him to kill me. And she said, then I felt warm all over. She said, then I felt like love all over me and I felt compassion. And this is her exact words. She said, I looked up and Isa was so beautiful, I just had to give him my heart. That's what she said. And she got radically converted. You know what she told me? that I talked to her about a month after this happened. She said, she said, we Muslims, we fear Allah, we obey Allah, but we do not love Allah. Because they don't. There's no forgiveness in Allah. If you get caught stealing, they chop your arm off. I lived in Kabul where they chop off arms and legs and they hang them on the streetlights along the main street of town as you're driving so you can see, you know, the, you just the harshness of Islam. We have to cover the eyes of our YWAM kids as we drive down the street so they don't see this, see? We cover their eyes of all our little YWAMers, WeeWammers. <laughs> and so, you know, she said, we, we fear Allah, we obey Allah, but we do not love Allah. Then with tears in her eyes, she said, Isa is the God we Muslims can love. See? And it's true. You know, we needed more teachers, you know, because there were so many coming for training, we couldn't handle it. So I was going to churches saying, if you can speak English, you're qualified, come, <laughs> you know, because we can teach you in, on the field, we can teach you in one week how to teach in the learning center, you know, and, and, and convert Muslims to Jesus in just one week. We had a guy named Mark come from Fort Collins, Colorado, from northern Colorado. And the first week he's teaching at a class of 19-year-old girls, okay? And one of the girls came up after class. She said, oh, she said, I want, I want to practice my English at home so I can learn better. She said, do you have an American movie that I can watch to practice my English? And Mark knew she didn't want to, she didn't want to practice English. She just wanted to see a good Hollywood movie, see? So Mark said, oh, I do happen to have an English movie, and he gave her a copy of the Jesus film. (laughs) She came back to class the next day. She said, oh, she said, what a wonderful film. She said, my heart was warmed to learn about Isa. She said, I wish I could learn more about Isa, but my English isn't good enough. I didn't understand everything. And Mark said, oh, what a coincidence. I just happened to have a copy in Azerbaijani (laughs) that you can take tonight. And he gave her an Azerbaijani copy of the Jesus film. She came back to class the next day, and she had this smile on her face, and she didn't talk the entire class. She was just kind of smiling, staring off into, you know, staring off into, at a wall. And Mark stopped the class halfway through. He thought something's wrong with her, and he brought her out into the classroom, and he said, are you okay? Are you okay? And with tears in her eyes, she said, I am so okay. She said, last night I was watching the Isa video, and she said, Isa stepped right off the television screen into my living room. 
Brothers and sisters, this kind of thing is happening all over the Muslim world. There are so many documented stories, you know, it's unbelievable. And she said, I, I was so touched and he was so beautiful, I got down on my knees and gave him my life. And you guys, we baptized her in the Caspian Sea that week with two Iranians we converted that week as well. Now let me tell you something. Things like that happen about two times a year in Azerbaijan with our teams, about twice a year, okay? Every other convert we have is blood, sweat, and tears. It's praying, it's fasting, it's witnessing, it's talking, it's influencing, it's convincing, it's sitting for hours over tea at their house. All the other converts are hard, hard, hard work, so I don't want you to get the idea that we can just expect God to twinkle his fingers and the whole world's going to get converted. Twice a year, something like this happens with our main team. Twice a year. But guess what? That's two times more often than it's happening in Kona. And it's happening twice as often as it does in Paris and Berlin and Chicago. What is God trying to say to the church? He's trying to say, church, do you see where I'm pouring out my Holy Spirit? Do you see what's happening? I want all the nations, all the good stuff's happening over there. Come over here. Come on, help me, church. This is where I want you to be. That's what God's doing, okay? Oh, oh my gosh, I'll tell you one more story. <laughs> it's awesome. Ooh, I'll show you other pictures tomorrow from there. So in 1991, when we first went, there were only eight Christians in the country. Today, because of the power of God, there's between 40 and 80,000. You know, just a, a little over 10 years later because of the power of God. Let me tell you this story here, yeah. Um, I don't, okay. Six months after our team was there, I took a, a short-term outreach there uh, with me and a bunch of pa some pastors from America. And here's a, here was a pastor from Colorado Springs. And we were there in the capital in Baku. And it was time for lunch. We had to go get some water. And none of the water was being pumped to houses because it was just the collapse of the Soviet Union. So you had to go down into the center of town to get water, like from these water places. And as we're standing here getting water, this guy's name is Bill. Here's me. I had hair back then, wow. <laughs> you, you see this hand over here? This was an Azerbaijani man standing there getting water. And as we were standing there getting water, just minding our own business, the Lord spoke to Bill and me and said, turn to the Azerbaijani man and speak in tongues. Now, I don't know what your theology is about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and everything, so I'm going to probably mess you up here. So we decided, well, we better obey God. And so Bill turned to the Azerbaijani man and speaks in tongues. And to our shock, the Azerbaijani man smiled and starts speaking back to us in Azerbaijani. And so I turned to him and started to speak in tongues. And he spoke back to us in Azerbaijani. And we stood there for 15 minutes. We spoke in tongues to the man and he spoke in Azerbaijani to us. We carried on a 15-minute conversation. In fact, we took pictures of it because no one would believe us. You know, here he is talking to us as he's getting water. You know, and we had this great conversation for 15 minutes. And uh, I wish we had videotape back. I didn't have a video camera in those days. You know, I would have loved to have videotaped it. Well, then, he, as we were getting water, he runs away to his house. He comes back with his 22-year-old son who could speak English. And he said... The son says, my father came home so excited. He said, son, you will not believe it. There is a big miracle at the water place. He said, there are Americans there who can speak fluent Azerbaijani. He said, 
Who has ever heard of such a thing? He said, everyone knows Americans can't speak other languages. <laughs> and he said, and his son said, how did you learn our language? It is not taught in any university in the world. There's no place to learn it except inside our country, and we've been isolated in the Soviet Union. How did you learn our language? And we said, we had special help from special teachers, you know. So the son was amazed, and so, so he's going on and on. Then I said, oh, by the way, what exactly did we tell your father? <laughs> Because we had no idea what we said. And God always has a reason for things he does. There's always a reason. So, he said, so I pulled out my notebook, you know, and I had my notebook. And he said, oh, you told my father that you love us and you are here to serve us. And I wrote, we love them, we're here to serve them. Okay, what else? He said, oh, you said that you are going to bring agricultural teams to help us in our country. We will have agricultural teams. What else? Oh, you said you're going to bring medical teams. We will have medical teams. What else? Oh, he said, you're going to start a university here. YWAM University of the Nations, you know. What else are you going to do? You know, he said, oh, and you also told him you're going to have an office on the main street of the capital. We'll have an office on the main street of town. Brothers and sisters, our entire strategy for taking the nation of Azerbaijan came from speaking in tongues at a water place. You do not have to graduate from Harvard to get strategy to take nations. In fact, they don't have a course at Harvard or Oxford or Yale at how to bump into people at water places, speak in tongues, and get strategy for nations. There's no such course. What you need to get strategy for nations is to be able to hear the voice of God and to obey the voice of God. If we did not hear God telling us to speak in tongues, or if we heard it but didn't obey it because we were embarrassed, we would not have gotten strategy for the country. In fact, God can use totally normal, everyday people just like you and me and give us strategy to take nations if we learn to hear his voice and obey him. That's all we need to know. And you know what we did? It was the word of the Lord. We said, wow, this is so cool. And I'm here to tell you, 13 years later, every single one of those things is happening in Azerbaijan. Every one, including our underground DTSs affiliated with the University of the Nations. See, every single one of them is happening. And it all came from this one speaking in tongues at a water place. You know what we did? We went right to the main street of town that afternoon. We started walking down the main street. Oh, we're going to have an office here. <laughs> I wonder where it is. And there was only one empty office on the main street of town. It was a multi we had seven people. There was a Korean. We had all kinds of nationalities on this team. And we found this one empty office. We got the janitor to let us in the office because every place where you put your foot, I'll give it to you. And we're claiming, God, you said you'd give us an office on the main street of town. God, this is the only empty one. Give this to us. We found out it was, uh, it was owned by the National Art Gallery. So we went, we went to the National Art Gallery and talked with the Minister of Art for the whole country of Azerbaijan and said, you know, we need this office. And he gave us the office free. And we started our underground ministry. He didn't know, of course, we're missionaries. Oops. Uh, we, started, we started our whole ministry there in Azerbaijan in this office. And now it's expanded way beyond that. I'll show you pictures tomorrow in three different locations. It's unbelievable what God did. And it all came from speaking in tongues at a water place. 
okay? And you know what's so cool? It's what Scripture says right here in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 27. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to humble the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to humble the strong. Our God is a God who, even when we are yet faithless, He remains faithful. It's the zeal of the Lord Almighty to increase His kingdom through normal, weak, frail, unnoble, unwise, foolish, weak things such as us. That's the power of the gospel. Isn't that awesome? It gives me such hope because I'm such a jerk. <laughs> it gives me such hope because God uses broken, messed up sinners like all of us, you know, to conquer the world, you know, and it's his glory to do it. Oswald Chambers once said, if God's strength is made perfect in our weakness, then why are we trying to be so strong? And isn't that a lesson we need to learn to stop trying to be who we're not just admit our sins, admit our human frailties, admit our weaknesses, love one another in, the, in spite of all those things, and then be used by God to conquer the world. But not with guns and bombs and everything else, but conquer the world with love and compassion and mercy. Who man, what an awesome thing. Okay, another really exciting story about what God's doing amongst unreached peoples. Uh, this is really radical stuff, and uh, it's just so good to hear how God loves the Azari people, and so much so that he's doing some amazing miracles in Azerbaijan to reach them. Uh, so this ends another uh, wonderful episode of GNN. And um, we will be coming back to you next week. And we're going to be adding a few new interesting things. Uh, one particular thing is that we're going to have our correspondents out on the field uh, giving you a brief news uh, of specific unreached people groups and some stories that God's doing amongst them. So we're going to add this short brief and see if you folks like this. And um, if you do, we'll continue to uh, use these and work with them. And uh, so we're going to end with this song, an exciting new group called Shelter, as they sing uh, to us, Hear My Call. Peace.
heaven 